This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Oh, got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Breaks a tackle. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and we have some stuff to talk about today. Um, two things, really. And one is actually really relevant. Uh, the other one is, well, it's May, and so we need to find something to talk about. So we're going to talk about something. Um, first of all, Tad Boyle will be coaching the United States U18 team in the FIBA Americas tournament this summer. Um, obviously, an impressive honor, for sure, something that I'm, I'm sure means a lot to him. Uh, we're we're going to talk about that, what it means for him, but also what it means for the buffs. I mean, the recruiting ability that comes out of that, I, I think it could be valuable. Um, in the second half of the podcast, though, I want to talk about uh, some structural things for the Pac-12. It's been almost a year since we heard that the Pac-12 is considering getting rid of divisions. Um, you know, that that would have a lot of impacts, obviously, getting rid of the Pac-12 North, Pac-12 South, just making it one big Pac-12. But I figured today would be a good time to go back and revisit that conversation because the Mountain West announced yesterday that they will be getting rid of divisions for the 2023 season. So uh, those are the two... two Topics today on a Friday, May 6th. Oh, oh, here's a fun thing. It's like three o'clock now. I'm going to get, I'm going to like a Mexican restaurant at six and I'm so excited because my strategy is always like, well, it's Cinco de Mayo. So what do you do? Everybody says you go get tacos, you go get margaritas. Yeah, that's what everybody else does. And so you wait outside for forever and everything's hectic and all that sort of stuff. May 6th though, everybody's had their tacos 
Now, now is the time to go get yourself some tacos. So I'm fired up. There's nothing better than a Mexican restaurant. Like they're just, um, they check all the boxes, right? I mean, you get the free food beforehand. Like it used to be like you get bread and butter or whatever, wherever you go. Now that seems to be mostly gone, at least at the restaurants that I go to. And what you're left with is just Mexican place with the chips and salsa. So you start there, then you go to the margaritas, which was the best drink known to mankind. It's the best thing we've come up with, honestly, drink-wise or otherwise. And then Mexican food, I mean, I'm from Montana where you just get like a plate of beans and rice and whatever else, then cheese is melted all over it. And that's what we call Mexican, but it's so freaking good. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I had a bagel this morning. I might not eat again. I might embarrass myself tonight, and I don't care. Um, it's the real Cinco de Mayo, which is the 6th of May. Uh, so I'm fired up. Uh, back to Tab Boyle, though. We got we to gotta get serious here. Um, first of all, this is, again, really impressive. The, the coaches that have gotten to coach the U18 team, it's an impressive list. Uh, we can jump back. So, so 20, 2012, it was Billy Donovan at Florida. I mean, obviously, a bunch of success there. He winds up going and coaching the Thunder and then I think went to the Bulls and very successful coach, obviously. He coached again in 2014. Um, 2016 at Shaka Smart, who I guess has fallen off a little bit, but at that point was seen as like the next big guy in college basketball. 2018, it's Bill Self. His achievements speak for themselves as well. The 2020 canceled because of COVID. Now in 2022, it's Tad Boyle. So just joining that list of coaches, it's 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 got to mean something. It's got to mean something. Um. The way that this works, though, I really dug in. I spent probably two, three hours just reading up on why are there three ambulances driving by? There was actually a shooting two blocks from my apartment. I bet that's what this is. Um, I've been following on Twitter. Like two blocks away, two people got shot, one died. Real fun. Good thing I didn't walk the subway today, I guess. Um, yeah, but that, I bet that's what this is. I bet they're finally tearing down everything over there. But... um. Oh, boy. The point is, last couple hours, I've been studying up. So the way it works is this FIBA U18 Americas tournament. So it's obviously all the teams in the Americas. Uh, they, uh, they compete in Brazil this summer. The top four finishers play next summer in the world tournament, which will be in Hungary. So obviously it's all the qualifiers from all the different tournaments um, around the world that go to that. But it's the U18 team this summer and then U19 in the world tournament. So basically the same team, uh, obviously. Uh, you just add a year because you add a year. And that's how this works. Typically, typically they've had a different coach and different coaching staff for the world tournaments than the regional ones or whatever you call those, the U18 versus the U19. The one exception was Billy Donovan. He... Uh, he was the U18 coach in 2012, and then the U19 coach, which is obviously the tournament that they qualified for um, in 2013, and then he actually, like I said, was the U18 coach again in 2014, and there haven't been a lot of back-to-back -back coaches like that, so I'm wondering what's up. Who knows? Maybe Tad gets the opportunity to coach uh, again next summer. 
Um, but that hasn't typically been the way things go. Um, in terms of these U18 teams, obviously they're packed with talent. And it's obviously, obviously packed with talent. They're the best young players in America. Um, the list of names that have come out, I mean, Carmelo Anthony, Trey Young, uh, Andre Ugadala, Chris Bosh, uh, Grant Hill, um, a, a bunch of them, basically everybody, obviously. Uh, in the last tournament, so again, there wasn't one in 2020, the U18 team in 2016, no, 2018, that's the most recent, um, I believe... Four of the 12 players on that team were first-round draft picks. Uh, two of them were second-round draft picks. So that's half your roster. And then you have um, one who is currently in the G League, and the rest are still playing college basketball. So then you, those are guys like uh, Io Desunmu. Uh, he's probably a draft pick this year, first or second round. Um, the uh, Bacot, Alex Bacot, Alec Bacot, so something like that. The the big guy for North Carolina, like he's going back for his senior year. He'll probably get drafted next year. Um, so obviously, really talented players. One of the things that I found interesting was that first of all, when Bill Self was the coach of the U18 team in 2018, he actually coached Quentin Grimes, who played for Bill Self at Kansas. Now, let's see. I'm going to double-check this. I'm pretty sure Quentin Grimes committed in June, so that would be before the tournament. I think the tournament was in uh, July. But let's see. Quentin Grimes. No, no. So he committed... No, he committed beforehand. So he committed in November beforehand. So I guess that wasn't really like recruiting help. Um, before that, though, when Shaka Smart was the coach in 2016, he had two players that he took from that roster, uh, and those were Jarrett Allen and... Oh my goodness, I can't remember the other guy's name. I think that's the one where there was one in June that committed and then one after the tournament that committed. Uh, so, again, it's it, how helpful is it, it recruiting-wise? I mean, it can't hurt, right? Like, I think the, the 2018 roster, half of the players, I can't remember if six or seven had committed before the tournament and the other ones committed after. So, again, like, if, if you have top talent and you get to work with them for a training camp in Houston and then go work with them for uh, a, a tournament in Brazil, like, that can't hurt your case. And we've seen, what, three guys in the last two teams go to the head coaches team. And I'm sure there's others who went to the assistant coaches because all the assistant coaches are also D1 head coaches. Tad Boyle's assistants will be Mike Boynton from Oklahoma State. Leon Rice from Boise State, Matt Langle from Colgate, Rob Lanier from SMU, and Tommy Lloyd from Arizona. So that's, again, kind of a murderer's row of coaches right there. Um, yeah, 
anything else? We can hit these quotes. Um, I'm honored and humbled to have the opportunity to coach the 18 and under national team. Anytime you have the opportunity to represent your country, it's a responsibility that needs to be taken seriously. And I'm looking forward to doing that and working with a bunch of great young men and being back with USA basketball. Uh, he's, he's worked with them before, obviously, as you could probably tell, uh, first in 2013, uh, he, they have the men's world university games, which I had never heard of, but he was one of the coaches for the U S team, of course, in, in that tournament. Uh, he's also, he was on the American staff for the 2015 Pan American games and was on the U19 national team staff, um, which again is the world team back in 2017, like those world championships. And that was under John Calipari. Um, he actually brought that up. He said, uh, working with this coaching staff is an opportunity for me to grow professionally and for us to grow professionally together. Uh, that's, what's great about these kinds of experiences. I've had two of them previously with John Calipari and Danny Manning and Mark Few and Mike Brown. So having the opportunity to learn and grow with Leon and Mike is something that I look forward to as well. So there you go. Um, what else do we have here? I think that's mostly it. Um, you know, I, I tweeted out like, could be good for recruiting. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Blah, 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 grumble, grumble, grumble. It's crazy that Tad Boyle is not more appreciated around here. And it's weird because like, that's something I heard when I first got the job. It's like all the people are like, yeah, you know, for some reason, Tad, people just don't like Tad. Like Tad is treated like a pretty average coach. And then you hear that and it's like, oh, okay, so he's better than that. Okay, whatever. But then you actually like live through it for a few years. And he's like, I guess, I guess everybody has takes, like there's people who say Michael Malone is a bad basketball coach. It's like, well, look, they've won more games every single year that he's been the coach and up until this year, but still like they've won more games than any other team in the NBA in the last four seasons. Maybe it's just the Western Conference. It might just be the Western Conference, but still, just like that level of success with this roster, like he's first of all developed all these guys and helps him get better. Like, but it's the same thing with Tab Boyle, where it's like, what is the disconnect? And I guess it's it's tournament appearances is all it is. Like that's the only thing you can point to is tournament appearances. And and still, I mean, you're coaching at Colorado, a team that before Tab Boyle got here, I mean, what they, so he got here for the 2010-2011 season. Um, before that, last time they made it to the tournament, 2002-2003. Before that, 96-97. Before that, 68-69. So, so what is that? That's one, let's see, 53-13. So, so they went to the tournament twice in 40 years. And then Tad got here, and they, they've gone, they've gone six times in 12 years. Or sorry, no, five times in 12 years, but they would have gone um, in the, the COVID year, which would have been six of 12. So, I mean, what are, what are we talking about? Like, <laughs> like this is, things are going pretty well. Um, and on top of that, like, sure, that you want more success in the tournament, whatever, but they're trending up is the thing. Like, you just look through what's happened these last couple of years. I mean, this was a rebuilding year, and you finished fourth in the conference. Year before that, you finished third in the conference. Like, you're you're right there on the doorstep for all of this. And 
you're bringing in the best recruiting classes that Colorado's ever had. You're bringing in some of the best recruiting classes in the country. Things are trending in the right direction on top of being in a very good place. Um, you know, they, they they threw some stats USA Basketball did in the press release, and, and it is good to go back through those. Like 12 years at Colorado, it's already second in all-time wins. Um, he's He has the five seasons with the most wins in school history which is actually one i didn't know well and then you sort it he actually has six. Oh, there's a tie for six so he's so he has a 24 win seat or two 24 win seasons those are the most ever two 23 no actually three 23 win seasons those are the second most ever or actually the third most i guess but um then he there's two 22 win seasons he has one and ricardo Patton had one they made the tournament in 97 and then after that, you know, he has three of the four 21-win seasons. <laughs> so it's like, wow, this is pretty crazy considering he's been there 12 years. I mean, what else? Uh, nine of the school's 13 20-win seasons. I mean, things are going really well. Tad's a really good coach, and he deserves an honor like this. Um, so excited for him. We'll have, to, we'll have to tune in. We'll have to see what he can do. Um, they've, they've, the U S has won nine of, of the 11 U 18 Americas tournaments. So they better win, right? It's a disappointment if they don't. Um, but yeah, we'll tune into that. I think it's in July. And like I said, they, they have a training camp in Houston before that. And then they go down to Brazil for the tournament, but we'll, we'll tune in. It'll be fun. Uh, congrats to Tad and, and hopefully it turns into recruiting. Cause I can, even if you're not recruiting the guys on the roster you still get to say like hey i was a usa basketball coach where i coached on a staff where tommy lloyd was an assistant or where this guy was was my point guard and this guy was my whoever we don't know who the roster is and i have no idea who they'll be like i'm gonna see the names and be like who the hell is this guy and then later on five years from now be like oh yeah remember when tag coached him and now he's the all-star in the NBA, whatever. <sighs> I think that's it. I think that's it. Wanna Optimals Fast Asleep 20 to 100 THC to CBD gummies are the way to go if you're trying to get some help with your sleep. Um, this is a lot better option than taking some of that like over-the-counter type stuff because they put all the powerful chemicals that leave you in a fog in there. Like It's just not something that you can just take and then wake up and then just act like you had a good night's sleep. That's why we go with Wana. Um, they're fast acting sleep aids, which means that within five to 15 minutes, you'll feel it start to help you get to sleep. Um, it has a whole bunch of CBD in there with just a tiny bit of THC. It's a formula that they've spent a lot of time on to figure out how to help people get to sleep. Uh, if you want to try these, you can go to Colorado's premier dispensary. That's light shade with 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. The Barnum location is now open. It's a block off of sixth and federal. It's the biggest light shade store. And it has products that aren't offered at other locations. Uh, podcast listeners get 25% off all non-sale items with the code DNVR. So shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. Also, sexy pizza. Um, it's really good pizza. I mean, there's a lot of options around Denver, but the people I talk to, actually, I have friends who are like, yeah, we're going to get pizza, sexy pizza. And it's like, oh, yeah, sexy pizza. You guys know what's up. But it really is that good. It's not just 
us saying it. It's people who actually eat a lot of pizza saying it. They've been in the Denver community for 13 years. They have a bunch of different options. It's hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch-each-morning dough. And it comes gluten-free or vegan or whatever you want to fit your dietary needs. They've got four Denver locations in Capitol Hill, uh, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill. They've actually got a new one in Trinidad, Colorado as well. So definitely go and check them out. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, you can bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. You'll get $150 in free bets if you're right. That's on top of like your normal winnings that you make with that bet, too. Um, it's a cool promotion. They also have a promotion that isn't for new users, and that is... Well, I guess it's for them, too, but not just for two u- new users. And that's uh, same-game parlay insurance. If you make a same-game parlay and... You miss one piece, so you're like, oh, you know, Jokic, he's going to have 25 points and 15 rebounds and 13 assists, and he winds up with 12 assists. Well, you'll actually get all of your money back up to $25 in the form of a free bet. It's a cool promotion, so definitely get in on that. Definitely get in on the same game parlays. And uh, use the code DMVR when you sign up uh, to, to get in on this offer. You bet $5 on any NBA team to win. If you're right, you get... $150 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Uh, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, let's see. DraftKings pick of the week. Trying to decide between two... You know what? Let's take uh, the Avs to win in regulation tomorrow against Nashville. Uh, it's minus 140. They're not going to overtime again. Um, they're just too good. Like It feels like Nashville gave maybe not their best shot, but pretty close to it. I mean, you don't see a goalie give up two goals on 50 shots very often. Um, they could have scored on that five on three. That's the one thing you really look at. But the Avs are missing open nets when they had opportunities. They're getting robbed, obviously, by the goalie. Um, it, those are some tough breaks, but they were still able to win. It doesn't seem like they'll have another game that tough. I was torn between like the minus 140 to win in regulation or minus 105 to, to win Saturday and again on Monday and get the sweep. But we're going to go with uh, the regulation win tomorrow. Okay. Um, like I said, we're going to wrap things up by talking about the divisions in the Pac-12. And I really think that it's time to get rid of those. Um, you know, when when all of this was kind of reported last summer by John Wilner, always by John Wilner, uh, the, the Mercury News, the Wilner Hotline, all that good stuff, he said that he thinks that the change will be made before the 2023 season, or for the 2023 season. And that seems like a little bit of a prediction, but he makes good predictions. Uh, so so there's kind of our starting point here. But the, the reason he said that it would take some time was because the Pac-12 wants to see what's best for them in terms of the college football playoff, and we still don't know what format the college football playoff is going to be going forward. And and because we were supposed to know about that by now, or we figured we would know about that by now, that could change whether we see a change for the 2023 season or not. And, and the reason it would impact is... I mean, honestly, I think regardless, you probably want to get rid of it. Unless, I mean, I guess there's two ways to look at it. The The one problem that you really have when you have two divisions, uh, and, and 
the way that it works is the the winner of the Pac-12 South, whoever has the best conference record in the Pac-12 South, they get to go to the Pac-12 championship. Same thing for the Pac-12 North. Those two teams play each other. Winner is the Pac-12 champion for whatever that means. Now, if it turns out that all Power 5 champions get a spot in the college football playoff, well, then uh, you want to make sure that you get a good champion there. Um, and even if not, even if uh, you're saying, like, we, we don't necessarily get one locked in, we want to make sure the highest-ranked team is ranked as highly as possible so we can get a team in the college football playoff, it still probably makes sense to have your two best teams, not your best in each division play because if there's a world where you know USC wins the south and they're five and four or six and three you know let's say six and three but that's good enough to win it they're going up against an undefeated Oregon team well all of a sudden this USC team could beat Oregon be the Pac-12 champion and you wind up like with this three loss USC team or maybe more maybe there's a non-conference loss there too and it's kind of a waste of that champion spot or that, that little piece of the resume that, that you want them to, to keep so that they can, you know, keep reach their, their highest potential. Um, and the other option is, you know, you just have the two best teams and you wind up with two that are, you know, or let's say one's eight and one, the other is uh, seven and two. And at the very least, if that seven and two team upsets the eight and one team, you, you're at least giving that win to a team that's like, oh, yeah, they're right there. Maybe they have a case for the uh, college football playoff or for a good bowl game or whatever. And and for the, for the better team that loses, that is upset, at least it's a loss to a team that isn't, you know, six and three. So that's why you do it. And I think that it makes sense. You know, the Mountain West is pulling the trigger now. Um it's it's for the same reason. You know, for them they're they're looking at it as you really need to do everything you can to strengthen the top team's resume. Right? Because if you're not a power conference, it's tough to get a team in the college football playoff. Cincinnati did it. Um but if if say Boise is knocking on the door of the college football playoff, you want to make sure that you get that strength of schedule strength of schedule up as high as you possibly can. And beyond that, you could see them manipulating schedules before the season as well. And this is where I think things get really interesting. Um, in terms of Mountain West, I don't think the Pac-12 would do this, but there is potential for them to not have a schedule rotation. To say we're building this schedule from scratch every year to cater to our league. Because you, you want tough strength of schedule for your best teams, right? You want to give them the chance to climb as high as possible. And the reason that you might be able to get away with doing that is because your bottom tier teams, they might be fine just trying to get wins, right? They, they might be fine saying, oh, no, we're, you know, Colorado State, we're still rebuilding. We don't necessarily want to play this Boise team. If this Boise team can add a team that's better for its resume, you know, in Nevada or whoever that winds up being, let them do that and let us make sure that we're playing the bottom of the, of, of the league as well. So you see where they just get that sort of flexibility. And again, I don't see the Pac-12 doing something like that. Uh, I think that you still have some sort of schedule rotation regardless. And that, that's kind of like the, the, the toughest problem. Is it the toughest problem to solve? 
It might be when it comes to eliminating divisions because you have to find a system that everybody likes. Um, you know, USC and UCLA, they want to play each other every year. You know, Oregon, Oregon State, they want to play each other every year. So you factor that in. Does that mean your other eight games, if you're sticking with this nine-game schedule, which is probably gone as well, does does that mean that you you just have the other eight on rotation? What if Stanford thinks they should play USC every year too? Then USC has two games that don't rotate, and everybody else has. So, so you run into these problems. Meanwhile, Colorado, you could rotate every single game. You know, if there's years where you don't play Utah, you're fine with it. For because because that hasn't really developed into a rivalry, and so you don't feel like you're missing out on your big rivalry game, the game everybody wants to see. You'd still like to have it. You'd still like to develop that rivalry. But if you also wind up getting to not play Utah, a tough team generally, then you're happy with it and you'll you'll sacrifice all those positives for sure. Um, so you do run into those problems. You know, what is it now? It's How does it work? I think... So you have five games against your, your five teams in your division. You have four games against the six teams in the other division... And you don't play teams in back-to-back years. I said that kind of weird. That that can be multiple things. But like, if you don't play Oregon this year, you either don't play them last year or the next year. Because you just kind of rotate around this cycle. It means for two years, you're not playing this team. Then two years, you're not playing this team. And they overlap, obviously, one at a time. But what does that look like if you get rid of divisions? First of all, it, I think it makes a lot more sense. Like, I don't... I don't feel like Colorado needs to be playing Arizona State more than they play Washington State. Like, come on. What what are we doing here? These are all just kind of made-up lines anyway. And maybe for some other teams, there's a little bit more history. Maybe Oregon wants to play Washington more consistently than they play Arizona State or UCLA or whatever. But I think that there's enough pros when it comes to playing teams in the other division that you can talk yourself into it. Like, if, if you're saying, like, oh, we don't get to play... U- USC this year that's always like a marquee game that's always a big TV game it's like well you are going to play Oregon you are going to play Washington like you're like ah, okay it is whatever so I do think that down the line the divisions will be gone um, it just doesn't make sense you know you look at the Big Ten where they have 14 teams and it's like okay that's chaos or the SEC where I think they're going to have is they, they have 14 or 16 I think they might have 16 it's like yeah divisions there that that does probably make sense just because that's so many teams to sort through but when it comes to the Pac-12 and 12 teams I, I don't think you need those divisions anymore I just don't think there's a point um in terms of the eight game nine game schedule yeah you get rid of get rid of that ninth game probably use that for your alliance game I'm surprised we haven't heard more about what that's going to look like yet I guess when teams are scheduling 10 years in advance it's tough to make plans but Going from nine-game schedule to eight-game schedule, replacing one of those with an Alliance game. That makes sense to me. Um, That was a quick talk, but I think that does it for today. I think that does it for today. Um, We'll be back on Monday. I'm not really sure what we're talking about. There could be some news over the weekend. Um, You know, I I was going to drop this kind of slightly. Pay attention to Jabari Walker. Pay attention to Jabari Walker. I'm not necessarily sure that... The, this decision is as set in stone as it it sounded like it was um, when when the ESPN report came out. 
So that's that's just something to keep a little eye on as uh, we go through these next few weeks. Um, there we go. I'll leave you with that. Uh, that's going to do it for today, and I'll talk to you guys on Monday.